Welcome to Puto Politics, the political podcast of the San Antonio Express News. My name is Gilbert Garcia, Metro columnist, and I'm joined by Kerry Clack, columnist, editorial board. Uh, Greg Jefferson, Metro editor. Nancy Pryor Johnson, deputy editorial board editor. And uh, as you all know, we had a municipal election in San Antonio on Saturday. Uh, some some interesting results. Um, and I, before we kind of start talking about what stood out to us, I just want to mention that, you know, the, the, the highlights were uh, Proposition A, which would have uh, uh, decriminalized uh, marijuana and abortion and expanded the site and release uh, program for SAPD. It was defeated by a margin of uh, it was 72 to 28 um, percent. Mayor Ron Nuremberg was uh, reelected easily. Uh, and all council incumbents were uh, were also reelected, with the exception of Mario Bravo in District One. And he'll be facing a runoff uh, against education consultant Sook Core. Um, so I, I wanted to. Uh, we also I also want to mention um, NISD in District One. There, there's a, a there was a race that we talked about on the mm-hmm. podcast and, and wrote about uh, a bit uh, involving Amy Hoffman, who has been very involved in school issues and, and uh, PTA and, and everything. But uh, also we had concerns about the fact that she uh, was an election denier and had uh, gone to the January 6th uh, Trump rally. She went to the Capitol, although she said she did not uh, uh, was not one of the people who uh, breached the Capitol that day. But uh, she lost to David Salcido, a close race. She lost by about five percentage points um, in that one. So... Um, Greg, I'll start with you. Like, what what stood out to you uh, as you know the, the big story, and and what were, what were the the big surprises, uh, if any? Uh, yeah, actually, it, it turned out to be a fairly status quo <laughs> election, surprisingly. So, I mean, it yeah. felt I think because of all of the controversy and all of the noise around Prop A, it kind of it kind of gave the city election a feeling of kind of uh, uncertainty, right? But in the end, I mean, it lost badly. All the incumbents did well, including, which was interesting, Jalen McKee Rodriguez in District 2 and Terry Castillo District 5 yeah. won easily, mm-hmm. uh, particularly in Jalen's case, uh, despite having a ton of opposition uh, in, in his race. And they both were strong, really strong uh, supporters of Prop A. Mm-hmm. Which was utterly rejected <laughs> by San Antonio voters. As we kind of knew, I mean, you know, we've talked about this over the last few weeks. It was clearly going down. You know, a month ago, you could, you you could have probably predicted this. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, um, yeah. So the, Mario Bravo. I mean, I think we expected him to wind up in a runoff. Right. Um, Mark White in District Ten. He had so much support. Every living former District Ten council member was behind him. The yep. business community was behind him. He had. He seemed to have a good deal of neighborhood support. The fact that he won an open seat without a runoff. Yeah. Um, I mean, that might count as a surprise. But I mean, um, you know, he was he was pretty well prepared in District Seven, kind of on the west side, northwest side. Uh, you had an open seat after Anna Sandoval left, uh, you know, Dan Rossiter and Marina Gavito, Marina Gavito um, you know, kind of slugged it out. You know, it was what, how many? Was that, I think it was like Five? 42 to 22. Yeah. 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 And uh, the fact that she came out on top is not really surprising. She had, you know, some community, good deal of community and business support. She had her dad, a former uh, city council member, current uh, Alamo College's trustee, working on her behalf, Joe Alderete. Uh, so that, too, wasn't particularly a surprise. Right. 
Yeah. So as Greg mentioned, Mark White we, is the one new council member we know of. In District 7, we will have a new council mem member leader, be Marina Gavito or, right. or Dan Roster, and they're going to meet in the runoff. Mm -hmm. So we got the District uh, 1 and District 7 runoffs to, to look forward to. Um, Nancy, what kind of stood out to you about the election? I think, I mean, how long has it been since uh, District 2 keep their councilman? Was it 10, 10 years? years? Ivy Taylor. Yeah. yeah. So I thought that was... Pretty interesting and important. Um, and I know that Jalen and his supporters were celebrating that. Um, and, you know, when we met as an editorial board and we met with the with the uh, candidates, with all his cha challengers in that race, I mean, the, our room was full. We used the big conference room for that one. And it was it was full. And that's because not everybody showed up. Um, it was a long meeting. It was contentious. Mm -hmm. um, it was one of the more stressful the meetings, I, I would <laughs> say. Um, but it, it shows that he obviously has the support out there. And maybe it was his uh, uh, the video that worked. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Something else rap, that's, yeah. Uh, yeah, right, is rap video. <laughs> or the pink, I don't know. Um, something else that stuck out to me was the low turnout, which which we know. Um, and we, I think we just come to expect it. Um, and just, you know, it is what it is. Mm -hmm. But it's sad to me. And, and you know, 15%. And then um, the youth voters. I know your daughter voted for the mm. first time, which I have very fond memories of very the first exciting. time my son son voted too. It's really a special day when you when that happens. And um, but you know it's more and and that's something else for Prop A is maybe if more young voters would have voted, yeah. you know maybe it would have gone a different way um, for them. But, you know, you just not enough people voting. And that's just the story of the election here on these kind of municipal elections all the time. That's right. I mean, it, it actually in looking at it, it was a little less than we had in Bear County voting in 2021. We had 17 percent this time, 15. Mm -hmm. It's actually, I think, the second best that we've done in 18 years. You know, yeah. uh, if, if you look at those during the, the years, like when, when Julian Castro was mayor, I mean, we were seeing like seven, eight percent. So relatively uh, speaking, it yeah. seems like, well, it's pretty good, but it's, but it's awful. I mean, right. yeah, yeah. It's, 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 <laughs> you're making it sound like a huge victory. I know. Yeah. I know. When <laughs> I went to vote, it was empty. And I went to vote on a Saturday, the, the last Saturday of early voting on that. And I went to Lionsville Park and I went in and I was like, oh, you know, that I mean, I went straight in. It was less than five minutes for the whole thing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there are two people in front of me. Yeah. And I thought, well, that's convenient. And then I thought, how sad, you yeah, know, yeah. it's, you know, not enough people care about this. Um, another one that I was uh, was interested in is um, Sukkor. That was interesting to me as well. Yeah. Uh, I saw into something that caught my attention last week on her was um, – what, what's his name? Uh, Shay Serrano. He had yeah. um, he did this tweet about, about her, yeah. <laughs> and um, and I thought it was really interesting. It showed me a different. You know, we met with her, and she was impressive as well. You know, um, but you know, just showed well. You know, you know he basically gave her the nod right mm -hmm. and he played her up and he said you know back in the day when we were teachers together mm -hmm. we would ball mm -hmm. you know we play ball together and that stuff and and put it out there it's, so it didn't hurt i'm sure you know he's got a yeah. pretty yeah, pretty yeah. yeah. Mm. What, what, what stood out to you here well, like greg said it was a surprisingly status quo election but uh district one i think we yeah we all expected bravo to get into a runoff but Oh, he, he came in second significantly. She <laughs> right. got she got yeah. a third. Yeah, yeah, and, and Jeremy and Roberts, Roberts wasn't Roberts, that yeah. far behind. Yeah, yeah. yeah. just a few percentage points. Uh, you know, District Seven and, and and two. What's interesting, at least for me going in, I, I had this, which is kind of uh, contradictory. I had this 
this notion that uh, Gavito was going to not need a runoff. Mm-hmm. And I just assumed that uh, Jalen would. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, uh, and a lot of people, I think. Yeah. And so I just, but, and so Jalen's the one that really surprised me because I just assumed with all of those candidates, mm-hmm. and all of, them were, all of them were good, yeah. I just uh, assumed there would be a runoff. But it says a lot for his, uh, for his ground game mm-hmm. and perhaps for his youth yeah. that, that uh, he got, he got, Folks out there, older folks also. Yeah, yeah and it, it kind of undercut uh, his his opponent's argument that he was out of touch with, yeah. with the East yeah. Side. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it, if so, I mean, he probably wouldn't have done as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I heard an interview he did, I just heard this morning, um, and it wasn't for our paper, but basically he just said that he keep, what they do during campaign season, he does all, all the time. Yeah. So he goes and he knocks on doors, he and his staff knock on doors, they do this monthly newsletter, and they they keep communication open and so i guess it works i think you know you have to have you know what was didn't bill clinton have what they called the permanent campaign and i think that's probably a good uh you know good advice for anybody who gets elected to the council to treat it that way that your your constituent Mm -hmm. services it's you know approach is is like you know i'm campaigning all the time and and which reminds me of john courage on the north side in, in district nine and uh one of the things that was kind of going around in recent weeks was that, you know, John Courage uh, has a long history as a Democrat. He ran for, for office many times mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and was defeated running as a Democrat before he got elected to city council in the most conservative district in the city. So there was always this feeling at one of, the, one of these times uh, some uh, conservative is going to knock him off. Never happened. This was his fourth time. And he was against Prop A. He was actually one of the three council members who walked off the dais because he yeah. didn't even want to go through the formality of putting an voting to put it on the ballot. But even though he was against Prop A, there was this, uh, people were saying, you know, this is, uh, we have a situation here where a lot of conservatives on the North side are really upset. They're riled up. They're going to vote against Prop A and they might end up voting for his, his chief opponent who is a Republican. And so John Courage could get voted out. Even, Hmm. you know, this could be this unintended consequence of it Mm -hmm. did not happen. He got 67%. He won easily. And I think one of the things that we've always heard about John Courage is that he emphasized constituent services and yeah. constituent engagement. And so the, uh, I've heard and many people tell me over the years, you know, the anecdotal stuff about, you know, oh, my mom's a, you know, she's Trump supporter and everything. And she says, hey, I like John Courage. You know, I vote for John Courage because, you know, he's he's yeah. doing a good job for us. And so I think that that came through. Well, for two him. and five also, I mean, because even earlier on, I was yeah. given some, some rumblings that maybe, you know, Castillo could be in trouble. People are looking at, at numbers. Yeah. But it says a lot about, uh, well, probably more than anything about constituent services of all three, two, five, and nine. And, and Grant, mm-hmm. uh, you know, courage was was against it. But uh, that voters voters were able to make, especially in two and five, were able to make this nuanced uh, distinction between this the candidate, the council person who they support, and this uh, proposition which they didn't. They weren't going to necessarily connect uh, Jalen or Terry with, with Prop A. They were able to separate it. Mm-hmm. One of the things that, you know, when, when, when Jalen and, and Terry were elected together in uh, two years ago, and these were, you know, Bernie Sanders, mm-hmm. progressives in the Bernie mm-hmm. Sanders wing of the Democratic Party. In both cases, you had people saying, oh, there's the business community. They're going to get the, try to get these people voted out immediately. They're going to, they've got lining up candidates. It didn't happen. Terry Castillo is particularly interesting to me because 
Um, there's sort of an openness there. I mean, she was on our podcast talking about working with Tony Gonzalez, yeah. the Republican congressman, on you know on, on a project. I think he was at her her lecture. Yeah, he tweeted. Yeah, yeah this, this is there. This nice tweet yeah. about <laughs> congratulating yeah. her on her victory and saying, "Hey, yeah. met your dad." I'll, I don't know if they'd met before, but he's yeah. he's Navy vet Navy, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. diametrically yeah. opposed yeah. ideologically. We need more of that. Yeah, no, no, no. It was heartwarming. Come together. Hello. I don't remember if we talked about it on the podcast. But one thing that stood out to me a few months ago when Clayton Perry came back to the council, I think it was his first meeting after the horrible hit and run accident that uh, he was involved in, uh, where he was, you know, he was intoxicated and he came, he walked on the dais and Terry Castillo just very, it was clearly not like this was a planned thing. It was very spontaneous, mm -hmm. emotional reaction. She got up from her seat and just gave him a quick hug mm -hmm. and then sat down again. And it wasn't like a look at me or yeah. it was no political statement. It was just, mm -hmm. I don't think it was any, in any way condoning what he had done. It yeah. was just, this is a colleague. This is somebody who I like personally. Mm -hmm. And I feel, I just yeah. felt something emotional. And, and I thought it said to me, because again, we don't see it that much. Yeah. And, and I think there's just a sort of a, uh, emotional openness there mm -hmm. uh, and willingness to work with people that we might not have anticipated two years ago. Mm -hmm. I mean, I didn't mm -hmm. know that much about her at the time. A lot of us didn't. And, yeah. uh, you know, that I think has been really interesting to watch. Um, and uh, it, it really stood out to me that you had Jalen, Terry Castillo, Sukkor in District mm -hmm. One, all supporting Prop A and doing very well. You know, she, Sukkor finishes eight percentage points ahead of the incumbent Mario Bravo there. That was a surprise. It, it, yeah. As Greg said, we all knew he was going to be in a runoff. Yeah. And it, it didn't surprise me that it was her. Right. But, you know, just the actual numbers yeah. were, you know, it's I, the worst in there. <laughs> I mean, I mean, if, I mean, just looking at this um, at the end of 2022, going into right. this year, if you were on and wanted to picture the worst scenario for Mario, it, it yeah. would be to be in a runoff with yeah. a woman candidate. And you have to assume that yeah. that she's probably talking with Jeremy Roberts, trying to get his endorsement. And what do you think, Gilbert? Would uh, would the mayor get involved in this in this race? Huh. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't <laughs> think so. You think he, he's I, all right, he's not, 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 not publicly. Yeah. No. I mean, yeah. Uh -huh. um, so no, no, no endorsement. I mean, he was, you know, as a core. Uh, you know, as we know, when the incident happened last September, where Mario Bravo berated mm -hmm. then Councilwoman Ana Sandoval, his his former romantic partner, mm -hmm. um, you know, at the council chambers, the mayor was was pretty quick to to mm -hmm. denounce it, and uh, you know, he was kind of leading the charge when they came to censuring Mario Bro. Yeah, but I think it's he, way he might different. stay out as far as yeah. an endorsement. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Um, you know, and Mario Bravo has made the point since Saturday that uh, the runoff is a completely different election. You're not going to have Prop A on the ballot getting people there. You're not going to have a mayoral election. It's going to be a smaller turnout. All that's true. Mm -hmm. But it's but, it, you know, the, the, the elements that were there for his election were also there for all the other council incumbents yeah. that won easily. Mm -hmm. So clearly, you know, we, we had there had been some talk that, you know, he's he's good with the neighborhood organizations and uh, they like him and. I was reminded Saturday in talking to somebody, you know, you can you can sometimes uh, get blinded a little bit with, you know, by the um, by what we hear from neighborhood groups. And ultimately, mm -hmm. you go to these forums. I mean, Sukor was having a really rough time at these uh, forums yeah. because, you know, they would ask about Prop A and yeah. she supported it. And uh, there was a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of people were unhappy about that. Then outside of that. On the on the progressive side of things, she was uh, you know getting a lot of criticism because she, as an education consultant, she's worked with charter schools, mm -hmm. 
And actually, when Shea Serrano tweeted his support, some of the comments were, oh, the charter yep. school person, I can't support her. So yeah. when you looked at all this stuff, <laughs> it, it was easy to think, oh, this is she's going to have a the climate's going to be really difficult for her. And maybe he's going to do very well. And um, I think this showed that. The neighborhood groups, ultimately, or, or at least the people that show up at the forums, mm -hmm. it's really a pretty small percentage of the electorate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there were people who came out of what happened last September thinking, I, I can't vote for him. Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think, I think that on the charter school point, I mean, I, I've worked. I mean, full disclosure, when I was a sure. teacher, I, I worked public schools and I did one year at a charter school idea. And um, so I'm not against charter schools, although... I do. I see them for what they are as well. But I do think that they have a, an important role in, yeah. in education. And that's not the boogeyman right now for education. That is school vouchers absolutely, <laughs> and absolutely. giving public funds to private schools. Right. I mean, talk about indoctrination. Right. So I don't think that I mean, I know that that you'll see that on Twitter and, and social media, but I don't think that charter schools are as. I mean, that's not the big threat right now. Yeah, I don't think that's been a really a fair yeah. criticism of her, but it's something yeah. that, as we know, it's been yeah. kind of going around. Um, so I, I, I wanted to mention, uh, maybe get into a little bit more of the politics behind Prop 8. I think that um, it was going to go down to defeat. I think regardless of, of, you know, a lot of money was spent against it. Mm -hmm. Probably was going to go down to defeat uh, regardless. And <clears throat> there's clearly some legitimate arguments to be made <clears throat> against it, which is, you know, uh, namely, that there were people who, who felt it was important to have officer discretion in some of these misdemeanor cases to mm -hmm. give officers the chance to make these calls. Um, there was, I think, a, a valid point made that there were so many issues bundled together that it maybe that was problematic. Maybe they should have been separated. Mm -hmm. And I think some people looked and thought, if it passes, we're going to have a legal mess. The city's not going to enforce it. And we're going to have lawsuits. Uh, we, all, there was already a pending lawsuit uh, over the abortion mm -hmm. provision. So I understand those arguments. The thing that that uh, started to, to bother me as the, the we got into the race was some of the, the fear mongering that happened um, over it. You know, we we talked last week. We looked at some of the, the mailers, and you had the people with the hoodies, and and uh, you know the idea that this is we're going to have rampant theft. But the domestic violence issue is one that crept up, and um, the San Antonio Safe Pack had an ad where they said this is going to create. Um, Prop 8 is going to create a dangerous situation. They had depictions of domestic violence in the ad and, and said that it was going to allow the, the, the abuser to stay, you know, in the home. And the thing I want to, to make clear, and, and look, the election's over, but I just wanted to, to make clear um, where this was coming from is the fact that class, uh, the uh, Prop A uh, imposed site and release, mandated site and release for all Class C misdemeanors, mm -hmm. which are the lowest form of the least serious form of misdemeanor. Now, the city uh, police department had been uh, citing and releasing uh, individuals for classy misdemeanors well before they even expanded the site and release program in 2019 to include other uh, offenses. So it's something that the city's been doing for a long time. And under classy misdemeanors, we have something that's called class C assault. And as it's defined, it is... Um, physical contact that uh, really doesn't lead to any uh, bodily injury to somebody. Um, I mean, an example I think could be like if you have two people having an argument at a bar and one person bumps the other one or pushes the other one, something along those lines. Any form of aggression against somebody is something to be taken seriously. And I, I'm not, I don't want to minimize that. But um, it, these are classified as class C misdemeanors for, for a reason, which is that they're 
generally perceived as pretty minor offenses. There is no jail sentence for Class C misdemeanor in the state of Texas. The maximum sentence that you can get for that is a $500 fine. And the city, uh, a city spokes, uh, police department spokesperson told the Express News a few months ago that in almost every Class C misdemeanor case currently, the police department is citing and releasing people. So I, I don't know. And I'm interested in hearing what you all said. It felt to me like using these images of domestic violence and suggesting this is going to create a, a dangerous situation when the city has already been citing and releasing people for Class C misdemeanors for years. Um, I felt it was kind of deceptive and that it was uh, it was kind of unfair. I think well, I don't think I think I think it's it, it pretty much agree that, that, that both sides uh Exaggerated. Mm -hmm. okay. I mean, yeah. I mean, in, in in cases, actually lied about about what it was or wasn't going to do. Um, all the arguments against Prop A, our editorial board came out strongly against it, and it, and it went down the way it went down because I mean, across ideological lines, district lines, yep. whatever lines, because of the way it was put together. But the thing that has bothered me for the longest was the demonization of the activists, the demonization of these, and mostly women, these young women mm -hmm. who, mm. who, whatever you think of the specifics of, of, of uh, each of the pieces of it and the way it was put together, were still trying to do something to help their community and the way that they were demonized as not only supporting criminals, but almost being criminals themselves mm -hmm. uh, was was despicable. Mm -hmm. And I, I told y'all before the before the um, this, the podcast, I, I supported our editorial board's position position against Prop A, but I voted for it. Mm -hmm. just because of the demonization of the activists. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I voted against it, but as I wrote in my column before, is um, it was hard to vote against it. I wasn't excited. I wasn't, you know, and, and this is my first um, my first San Antonio election since moving back here from from Cibolo. Mm -hmm. um, but it it was it was about it was a bit sad, you know, um, because so many of the issues there I support, but it's just so problematic for all the reasons you 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 know very articulately just described. Um, but yeah, when when we talked to um, when we talked to Ananda and her supporters as an editorial board. I I was impressed with them, mm -hmm. and uh, you know they want to make a difference, and and as a voter I want to help them, right? And as a columnist and with this platform I want to help, but I just couldn't come to terms with 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 doing that. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Yeah, I mean the uh, I caught a television ad by the uh, anti prope group. It was it was the police unions pack that, mm -hmm. that paid for the for the ad. You know, it was I don't know how many times they used the words uh, radical activists yeah. <laughs> and compared it to, you know, compared our city to uh, Seattle, Portland, yeah. Austin. Uh, so clearly, um, yeah, I mean, they, they did engage in a lot of demonization like like you described, Gary. Totally. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Kind of despicable. It was it was r really remarkable when you really kind of broke this uh, proposition down issue by issue, how much of it was simply about codifying policies that were already in place. I mean, yeah. there was really the 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 changes. I think uh, graffiti was going to be a change, and that and I think that that was yeah. again that was fair game to say I don't I don't agree with that 
uh, being added to the site and release policy. Yeah. But a lot of it was about just making codifying and making mandatory policies that were already being they were already in place, but maybe just not mandatory. Right. And that's how they describe it to Ananda and, and their supporters. But I think when it comes down to it, it comes down to like not giving discretion to police officers. And in the rare instance where maybe, you know, it could remove someone, um, an abuser or someone that has other, maybe a, a long rap sheet, but this time they didn't punch the lady in the face, right? Even though that is what the ad said that was misleading. Mm -hmm. Maybe this time they didn't punch the lady in the face, but they roughed her up and, you know, and, you know, and let's just in this scenario, a, a man and his girlfriend and um, and he roughed her up and pushed her against the wall. But that's not it's not punching her. It's not, you know, it's not an assault. Right. It's not a serious assault. There's probably no marks on her, mm. but he is using his strength against her and he is mm. use, you know, intimidation. And maybe in that instance, a police officer would get called to the scene and be able to remove um, him for just a little bit. Yeah, it's a discretion right. issue. That's what, yeah, right. right. And right. so when you take that discretion away from officers, even though, as you say, you know, um, the data doesn't show that that happens very often. Yeah. Um, you just don't want to take that discretion away. Um, so to me, you know, and I know Marta Polias um, from Family Violence Prevention uh, from the Battered Women's Shelter. I mean, she she wrote about that, mm -hmm. too. And um, and there is a little exaggeration there, too. Mm -hmm. um, but I think when it comes down to it, the exaggeration on both sides, I mean, that's going to happen. Um, there's nothing really that that limits them. I mean, they can say what they're going to they can do what they're going to do yeah. <laughs> and mislead all they want. Um, but when it comes down to it, that proposition was so long. And people did not understand it. And I mean, I know when people went and I know when I went to vote, there's only a few people in front of me. It was very short line. Uh, it took less than five minutes. But um, I didn't see anybody like sitting there reading every yeah. word. You know, they knew what they were going to do at the beginning or maybe they guessed. I mean, I don't know if they keep up with the news and understand it. That was um, actually a pretty common thing we were hearing throughout early voting. We would check in with, you know campaign operatives, mm -hmm. political consultants, and <laughs> several of them said, look, uh, there are people showing up to the polls just to vote for or against Prop A, and that's why they're there. And they're in and out. Like they're not studying this proposition. <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, the yeah. details, what's actually in front of them didn't particularly matter. They'd already <laughs> formed an opinion. They knew how they were going to vote and they didn't waste time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The advertising really worked. Uh, you know, whatever issues I might have with it, I think it, it was, it, it yeah. was effective. Yeah. And, and I, I guess one of the things I get to is, is, uh, uh, is that I think they probably would have gone down to defeat regardless. I don't I don't feel like the people who opposed it needed to go, mm -hmm. needed to go to those links no. to do, right. to yeah. make the argument against. Um, before we wrap things up, I want to, and I'm going to probably ask you all the same question, maybe in two years, possibly. Uh, <laughs> but um, now that Mayor Nuremberg has been elected for a fourth time, where do we, where don't do start we, with me. Okay. <laughs> just, just kinda, no, we're just kind of spitballing here, but like, do we see him finishing this fourth term? Do we see him getting appointed? Because, I think we all have the question. But, well, where does he go from here? Uh -huh. Well, the the appointment. Uh, this would be a, the Biden appointment that never seemed to materialize. Like this, this rumor has been mm -hmm. kind of kicking around for yeah. a while. Uh, I'm just let me say, uh, and hopefully I'm here in two years. But uh, me too. I, th yeah. I think Nuremberg will be too. Okay. <laughs> like, yeah, okay. I, I think he actually finishes his term. I'm just doing the math. Uh, <laughs> yeah, 
and it doesn't contradict each other. You know, and he'll I, he'll be here in two years, and yeah. and should there be an appointment, it would be assuming that there's a another Biden Harris administration. It'd be in a, what first four months? You don't think five you don't think Trump would appoint him? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I think I think uh, I think he'll finish it out. Yeah, yeah. I think so too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, well, thanks to everybody uh, for for listening. Hope everyone's doing well. We'll be back next week. Take care. <laughs>